Welcome to the show. I am your host, Jeff Wickersham. I am extremely excited to have Amy Ambrosich on the show. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. If you would, please share with the audience your background. I know we're going to dive into dads and their role in a blended family, but would love to hear your background and, and share it with the audience. Thank you so much, Jeff. So I am a certified um, parenting and step family coach. I'm also a recognized uh, smart step family therapist through the Ron Deal program, which I'm super excited to be associated with. Uh, mom of three, now flown and grown and, and out and on their own. My husband and I have been married 33 and a half years. Um, so we, we've been in it for the long haul now. So, And I've been working with parents through the Worthington School District here locally for almost two decades now. So I've been in it and around it for quite a while. Awesome. I appreciate appreciate you sharing your experience and, and, and your background. So let's get into dads and their, their role in a blended family. I'd love to hear your perspective as well as what you hear common or some of the challenges that, that they face. I was blessed to grow up. My mom and dad were married 65 years before we lost mom. And my dad was the leader of our family in a very gentle and quiet way. But he was definitely the leader of um, the family. But mom and dad had a great partnership. And that's a lot of what I base my coaching on when I'm working with couples is that partnership. But dad having that lead role and setting an example for um, for the sons in the family, this is what a good man is, this is what a good husband and father looks like for you. And also for girls, my dad was the ultimate girl dad. It was amazing. He had one son and, and four girls and okay. he owned that role completely. So he set the bar for those of us that, you know, we're on the, on the girl side of things. And, you know, this is the kind of man we want to measure our boyfriends up against and see if they match up. So um, he, he set the bar for us and what we were going to choose for our future partners. So, um, and I think dads in particular, um, stepdads coming into that role. It's such an undefined role, step parent. Like, what does that even mean? And for everybody, it's so different. So when I work with couples and they're engaged in blending or just starting their blended family and the dads come to me or the stepdads, they're like, look, I don't know what this means. I, what is my role? How am I supposed to be the leader of the family when I really am kind of the newbie in the family? So mm -hmm. uh, that's what I work with uh, the couple together on. Gotcha. Okay. And one thing that just popped out was partnership, right? Yeah. And and explain what you've seen from a partnership perspective and, and what are some key things that set that partnership up for success when, when parenting? I really, when I work with my couples, I that partnership, I define it as having a shared um, family foundation. So those, it's three parts. It's your family vision, the values that you're going to raise your kids with and instill in them, and then your family goals. So making sure that you and your partner are on the same page for those three things, make sure that you're aiming for the same end goal if you were on a football field. You know, we're, we're aiming in the same direction when we're raising these kiddos. Um, and then as the dad of the family, um, yes, you are the leader, but you are a leader in tandem with your, with your wife in this process. Um, so it's, it's an equal, but, you know, partnership too, um, with a little bit of leadership from um, the male in the family, because he sets an example for um, everyone in the family. Gotcha. And when you see that dynamic, do you 
feel that it could be a challenge sometimes for, for dads to be that leader or, or they're sometimes not stepping into that role fully? How, how have you seen that in, in your experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, for stepdads just coming into a new blended family situation, it's hard for them because they want to step in and be the leader and discipline and, you know, kind of run the house. But he's got to remember that the mom and her kiddos have that unique bond and they've been doing it on their own for a while. So for him to just come in and start being the disciplinarian right away does not work. I always recommend for step parents the phrase connect before you correct, because you need to make that connection with the kids so they respect you. So they um, understand that you're not coming in to take over, that you are coming in as a partner with their mom. Um, but you need to connect with the kids. Otherwise, you're going to get rebellion when you try to correct. Gotcha. Okay. And then I loved how you had those three sharing the family foundation. What was it? Vision, values, and goals. Yes. What in your experience, how many partners, husband, wife, parents actually had that? I mean, it, it kind of, <laughs> it strikes me as you said that, that even just laying that out, I'm saying 99% of people don't have those pieces in place. We don't talk enough about preparing. We do preparing to marry, like let's plan a wedding, but we don't prepare ourselves as couples on what that parenting process is going to look like. When you put that family foundation in place, it makes so much more sense because you know that you're on the same page. You're shooting for the same things. It, it's something that even within premarital counseling, they don't really talk about that family foundation. Like do your values do they intersect? Do you, you know, share some, what are the outside values that maybe one of you is bringing in that the other one isn't really sure it's a major, you know, issue for them. So we don't have those conversations. And that's why a lot of couples end up arguing about parenting or arguing about decisions within the family, because they're not on the same page because they didn't talk about those basics to begin with, you know, the family um, vision, like, what do we really want for our family? What is that going to look like? Not just right now, while the kids are little, but long-term. I remember my parents, we'd all get together for Christmas when mom and dad were still with us. And Every year, dad would just kind of sit and watch the chaos of five kids and eight grandkids and great grandkids. And it was all chaos. But he would sit back and with such pride. And I'd ask him, like, what do you think? And he's like, I just I'm amazed at what we did together. You know, it just it to this day, that still kind of, you know, kind of pulls at my heart a little bit because yeah. those two work so well together because they were on the same page. And if they weren't, they had those conversations, came together to find that common ground and then came back to us with it. So um, I think it's it's a foundation we don't talk enough about. And that's why when I work with my pre-blended couples, that's something I work hard with them. There's a whole pathway that I walk them through. Yeah. I, I mean, I think just overall society in general, the dads, I, I mean, they don't even have a vision for themselves, let alone a vision for what the family dynamic is going to to look like. And just based upon my experience, when there were differences, which there were, because we ne didn't necessarily think about the vision, but then we got on the same page and we communicated. And, and that's especially from, from my wife and my perspective, the ability to do that. And then the ability to share it with our two boys, right? My son's 15 and 13. 
here's how we operate, right? We have a family mantra, like things that connect us. And I feel like that's so powerful and that that's a, a great connection piece for, for the family. So that was vision. What about values, right? How, how does that kind of play out in, in the relationship and then the parenting dynamic? That really came to a head for me in my coaching when I was sitting with a, um, let's see, they were married maybe eight years. It was, a, it was a blended family. And I remember her looking at him and saying, I get so frustrated with your kids because they're so disrespectful. And the look on his face was if she had slapped him. And I thought, well, that was an interesting reaction. We had to unpeel that onion. And it turns out that they definitely defined respect differently and what it looked like was different for both of them because of how they were raised differently with it. So when we talk about values, family values, I always ask them, but what does that look like? If they, you know, if they talk about, um, you know, compassion, I pull them through that process and go, but what behaviors do you want to see when you're talking about compassion within the family? Because sometimes we, we define a particular word differently because of how we were raised within our own birth families. So having those five words, and I really, I have a whole sheet of 55 words that they have to go through, okay. narrow it down to five each. And then we have to figure out what are the five for the family. And we really peel it apart and say, but what does this look like? What does that feel like within your family? What does that, what does that mean for the kids? When you tell them to be respectful, you need to tell them what that looks like so they get it. And it's not just this word that they're that you're throwing around. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as far as unpacking it and what however we're raised and our finance our family as we were kids. We got a definition that's ours and ours alone. And you could have a word that you bring up in the family dynamic and all everybody in the family could have a different meaning or definition of it, unless you have those deep discussions and have a conversation as what does it truly mean and how do you see it? I can see where there, there definitely can be, you know, a disconnect of people going diff different ways. And I, I know just in my family, when, when people are headed in different ways and you're not on the same wavelength, it can create a lot of, a lot of challenges and, and uh, potential problems in the, in the whole family dynamic. And then goals, number three, describe that, how, how are families, doing that blended families, especially for goals for my couples. Um, sometimes it's very different from, you know, one of them might be looking short-term, like, look, we just got to figure out like how we're going to get the kids to school and back again. You know, who, who's doing the little mundane things. Whereas other family members will be looking at the big overall goals. Like how are we going to do holidays and how are we going to do vacations and the bigger things so I, when I work with my couples, I work with both, you know, like we need to figure out those little mundane things. Like what does success look like with, for your family, within your family? Mm -hmm. And then how are we going to measure that? You know, as, as coaches, that's what we always work with our, our clients on is how are we going to measure the thing to know that you've been successful at it? For my step couples, so often it's the little things like, we just want to have a family dinner where no one wants to stab each other with a fork, you know, because there's so much conflict as they're just beginning to blend and figure each other out. So sometimes it's a little tiny goal and sometimes it's bigger goals. Like well, we want to be able to get together for the holidays, even with the exes and have that be an okay civil thing. And some families can do it. Most of them can't, but, you know, setting those goals, it helps the couple figure out like, okay, th this is the thing we're aiming towards. 
how are we going to get there? What are the steps we're going to take? How will we know when we're getting there? How will we know when this was successful? How, how will we assess what didn't work? Uh, so, but having them set those goals together really puts that teamwork approach into their parenting, which I think helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, it seems like each, each one of those vision values and goals, you, you're laying that groundwork for that successful partnership, the successful blending. And now I could see it not only being applicable to a blended family, but just families in general of being connected. And Amy, I'll, I'll share just in my experience this year, my family, we all sat down and wrote what was our 2023 missions and what we were going to chase. And we did it as a family January 1st after our pork and sauerkraut, you know, lucky dinner. But it was so bonding to know that we were all connected and chasing excellence or pursuing excellence. And, and it's helped us throughout the year stay connected and cheer each other on and encourage each other versus so many times everybody's going every which way. And when that happens, it's very difficult to get movement for everybody in that, in that direction. So definitely, uh, definitely love those that you, you shared with, with us. One thing that popped out was connecting before you correct. So stepdad jumping into a blended fan. What are ways to connect that you've seen maybe one or two ways that are, are low hanging fruit where he can do that with maybe a stepchild and, and then build that relationship and that bond. I always say go slow. You, do, you don't want to throw yourself in and, you know, just take over everything. So for stepdads who are, we have to break it down by age too. If the kids are little, um, you know, early elementary or even preschool, that stage, it's easier for a stepdad to kind of slide in and be a buddy and, you know, take them to the park and things like that. That one-to-one -one time is really important. Um, and littles are usually more welcoming to someone um, someone new into the environment in that, in that way, when you get to the preteen teen ages and you're trying to stepdad them, you definitely have to make that connection very slowly, very gently ease into the picture. And, um, and I always tell birth moms, have him around, but in the background for a while, you know, okay. he doesn't have to be a part of everything all the time because the kids will feel like he's intruding. So just every once in a while, he can pop in and pop back out again. So the kids get used to him being in, in their environment. Um, for that one-to-one -one time, get to know what your stepchildren's interests are and get involved in that. And it might be video games, it might be sports, it might be crafts, who knows, you know, for each kid it's different, but get to know what they like, what they don't like, and find some common ground with them. You know, it might be around a sports team. It might be around reading books. You know, find those little ways that you can very gently connect with the kiddo without actually overtaking them. You know, and it, and it might just be talking about, hey, how'd your soccer game go? Mm -hmm. And leave it at that one question and let it go. Ease your way into the picture instead of just coming in full force. Okay. What... What recommendation would you make if it's a preteen or a teenager and they're kind of closed off to, uh, I'm sure that that happens where they're closed off to this new introduction to, to step at dad into the picture. What, what recommendations or suggestions can you give there? 
again, go slow. Um, just be in, just be in the vicinity and take on not necessarily a stepdad role right away, but I'm just another supportive adult in your circle and leave it at that. And it might just be, you know, wishing them a great day as they head out the door to school. And that might be all you get. You may get a grunt or, you know, a smirk on the way out the door, but it's those little droplets that you add to the pond that eventually make a bigger pond. Um, if you're getting a lot of resentment, sit back and, and ask yourself, why is this kid so resentful? It might be that they're afraid that you're trying to replace dad if dad's still in the picture. Mm -hmm. Or even if dad's not in the picture, they may be mad at you because, well, my dad rejected me. So what's to say that you're going to you know, stick around? So it might be an issue of that. It might be a loyalty issue of if I like you, that that might hurt my dad's feelings. So I can't like you because it's going to be, you know, hard on my dad if I if I'm even okay with you. So try to figure out behind the scenes and underneath the layers what that stepchild might be fussing with and fighting with internally that they can't really even verbalize. And it might just be that, look, my mom picked you. I didn't. I didn't ask for my parents to get divorced. I didn't, I didn't ask for you to become involved in our family. And I certainly didn't ask for you to be, you know, my stepdad. There may be just some pushback completely because they don't really want you in the picture, you know, and it's going to take them a while to get there because they had no choice in anything that's happened to them. They didn't ask for the divorce. They didn't ask for you to show up. And they certainly didn't ask for mom to get remarried because we were fine without you. So you might get some resentment and pushback because, you know, why, why are you even here? Why do you need to be here? So, because they forget that mom is, is, not just mom, she's also a human being and a woman who, you know, needs that partnership. So from a kid's perspective, they're like, look, you're just an interloper and we really don't need you. So take it slow and try to understand where that kiddo's coming from. I had one stepdad, um, birth dad had passed away. Okay. So he was very, very conscious of that and very gentle with the kids and said, look, I'm not trying to replace your dad. In fact, I would love to hear stories about him. Tell me what, you know, what you remember. Talk to me about what were those special things that you guys did for the holidays or your birthdays? So he brought dad into that conversation after some time, you know, he, the kids felt comfortable doing that with him. And that was so touching for the kids that they were like, oh, we don't have to pretend that dad didn't exist. It just, it just melted me the way he handled it. I thought it was perfect because he wanted, he said, look, those kids had a dad before I showed up. Right. I'm, I'm not trying to replace him. I want him to still be a part of the conversation because he's a part of who they were. Right. Wow. Which I, I thought was so sweet. That's a great story. Yeah, for, for sure. What, if your dad encountered divorce, now you mentioned, hey, the holidays with, with the, Taxes aren't always, you know, great events. What what happens when there's a toxic side to it? And, you know, I've had experiences with, with friends and clients where divorce from the wife, the wife kind of provides some toxic ideas, thoughts into the kids. And then the kids resent, you know, dad from, from that point forward. How... How do you deal with that? What are some strategies, tools, tactics that those dads can can leverage kind of in that dynamic? Oh, the holidays can bring the best and the worst of people, can't it? <laughs> so 
I would say if you're getting a lot of pushback um, or or if if mom is talking about you in a very negative tone or whatever, when the kids are with you, you need to just let them say what they're going to say. Don't argue back with them because they're they're stuck in the middle between two adults who had obviously have not finished their business with each other. So um, just say, you know, I'm sorry that your mom said that this is this is what it really is, you know, the real facts. I do want to spend more time with you. This is just what the courts, you know, decided on on our timing right now. Um, but just reassure the kids that you want to be with them that, but please don't be the Disney dad because the Disney dad just, just sets everybody up for failure because when it's nothing but fun and games and all of that, and there's no rules and no structure and, and things like that, that makes it harder on mom when the kids get back. And then that's going to, that's just going to inflate the, the conflict between the two of you. Have fun with your kids. Please don't misunderstand me. I want you to have a lovely time with your kids when you do have them, but there still needs to be rules and structure and, and discipline and things like that, because you're setting these kids up for their adulthood and their adulthood is not going to be Disneyland every day. So make sure that you're, you know, you've got some structure in there while you're also having fun and, and enjoying that time with the kids. Um, when it comes to holidays and the switching back and forth and things like that, that can feel very chaotic for the kids. And be cognizant of that and talk to them about that. You know, I know this must be hard on you. You're, you know, you're here with me for a couple of hours, and then you got to go back to mom's and then you're coming back here and there's a lot of shifting back and forth. Acknowledge with your kids that you, I get it that this has got to be hard. And I'm, I'm sorry that this is the way it is. Just acknowledging their perspective once in a while will help you um, gain that, that favor with them for sure. No, I, lo I love that piece and acknowledging and it. it's almost like getting on their level, right. Of, of communicating, understanding. And, and unfortunately so many times I, I feel like we miss those opportunities because it's maybe a little uncomfortable, but imagine, mm -hmm. I like to say, imagine how your kids are feeling in that process, right? They're, they're extremely uncomfortable. They don't have your years of wisdom. So relating to them, getting at that, that level can help you definitely uh, guide that that conversation and and you create that bond because you're calling out how everybody's feeling but many times the kiddos are are too scared or don't want to face it but you you doing that that shows courage and you can you can build that bond a little bit deeper absolutely and I know some men have a hard time talking about the emotional part of it but when they see you being vulnerable, they're going to be okay with then expressing their emotions too. So, and that might be hard and uncomfortable for everybody at the beginning, but the more you practice it, the easier it gets for sure. So um, yeah, just be open with them and say, you know, and you can even ask them, you know, can you tell me what this feels like for you? Because you may be assuming one thing and they're actually feeling something else. So it's okay just to open end those questions say, can you tell me more about how this is for you? or what you're thinking about this thing and just listen hard and hear what they're saying, because that's going to give you some great insight. Yeah. I love, I love the listen hard Pat piece, right? Because I know I'm a fixer. I've developed the ability just to, especially with my wife and, and now with my kiddos, just listen um, because I used to just listen and hear the issue. And then how do I fix it? Right. Where if you can just listen, you, you take so much more in and you're going to build that, that relationship so much, so much deeper from, from that perspective. So Amy, 
been a great conversation. What are you working on? Where can people find you? Share that up with the audience, please. Thank you so much. So I am creating, and it's actually, it's in beta form by, by January 1st. It's going to be out there for the world to jump into. So it's a program called the Blended Family Blueprint, and it is for couples who are engaged in blending or already blended and just working on all of those things that I, I shared about, you know, your vision values and goals, making sure you're on the, the right page for that, understanding each other's perspective. It's a seven step process that I, I go through with you. And then there's um, group coaching and I have office hours where everybody gets together and I purposely am designing it as a group thing because Yes, I have some insight, but you as a step parent also have some insight or as a dad, you have some insight that you can share with everybody else in the group, you know, things you've tried and didn't try, things like that. So people can find me at daretoparent.com or under my name. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram under Amy Ambrosich. So if you want to look me up there, I'm I'm always offering tips and strategies and, um, you know, Fridays are always um it's a series of questions. Every Friday, there's a question for you to use at the dinner table. I call it table talks, a recipe for, for connection. So you can always pop into those because we tend to ask our kids, so how was your day? And they say, fine. And then that's it. So, right. <laughs> so, so those are, they're, they're open-ended questions just to kind of get the conversation going, but uh, yep. Blended family blueprint is going to be up and running and ready to go come January 1st. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be uncommon. Lovely legacy. Create a legendary day and I'll talk to you soon.